The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 18 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello. I hope that you are all doing very, very well. It has been a hot week up here in the Northeast, in the New York City. Uh, it's been really, really hot. Um, <laughs> but there, are also, there have also been some uh, fun thunderstorms. I have a picture of some lightning that uh, we had yesterday. So if you haven't seen my Instagram, go to Beak Rolls, B-K-E-R-O-L-L-I-S, and follow me. But yeah, if you haven't been there, um, I posted a, a shot from my window and... Um, we ha- we have a view of like all of New York City, but yesterday the actual like Manhattan skyline was foggy and cloudy and rainy, and uh, you could see the Long Island City skyline and there was lightning and I I got a shot of it. So yeah, um, that's that. Anyway, uh, I just want to say sorry for the confusion uh, a couple of weeks ago with my last podcast uh, about diversity or diversifying your streams of income. Um, we had a little bit of a technical issue and my producer wasn't able to resolve that until a couple days after our typical release date. So usually we release our episodes on Friday. It didn't go out till Tuesday. And since it went up a few days late, you know, I just decided to give myself an extra week uh, off to record uh, from recording. So so um, it's been three weeks technically since I've recorded, but um, I might take another week or two off at some point. I, I try to give myself like one or two episodes off here or there um, throughout the year so that I don't burn out. Um, and I haven't really done that because uh, I've been home and I felt like I should be doing these episodes. But anyway, I'll announce it beforehand, I think. Um but if, if if an episode doesn't appear, it's usually either a technical issue or I'm just taking a short break, okay? I've been doing this for over four years, so I don't plan on stopping any time soon. But yeah, so okay, what have I been up to over the past three weeks? Um, my husband and I finally got out of New York City for the first time since the pandemic started back in March. We went up to visit Woodstock uh, with a friend. We were safe. We barely interacted with anybody um, we stayed in a really nice house up on a mountain, um, and we did some nature walks, and we went into, like, two stores, and we mostly cooked at home. But, um, yeah, Woodstock is a beautiful, artsy town. I'm sure it would be a, a different experience to go there when uh, we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, but I, I do hope to go back someday. Um, and for those of you that have heard of Woodstock, this it's funny, most people think that the Woodstock Festival took place in Woodstock, but it actually took place a couple hours away in Bethel Woods. So um, there's still the relation there, and they tout it as one of their like selling points for the, the town, but um, it didn't happen there. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It was really nice to get out of the 
out of the city for a little while after such a traumatic past couple of months. Um, what else? Other than that, I've mostly just been creating a new socially distant pop-up work on five of my Dancers at Movement headquarters. Um, so yeah, we've been rehearsing outside at Gantry's Plaza State Park in Long Island City. I, honestly, I think it's the best park in New York City. It's in Queens, but it's like right across the water from Manhattan. Um, whenever I'm there, I kind of feel like I'm in the movie Inception. I don't know if you remember, but there's like a scene or two where they're like, standing underneath the tallest tallest buildings you've ever seen in your life um and at gantry plaza you're like right at water level so you see the manhattan skyline from the ground and with like no obstruction of view and it's just quite incredible so i love it but yeah so we we're creating a piece it's called love letter uh it's five movements and it is like I said, a socially distant pop-up work. Um, and it is inspired by our love for New York City. Uh, my, my whole process of creating this has been the idea that a lot of people might consider moving away from New York City uh, because of this pandemic. Um, but I still love the city. And there are so many things I love about the city. And I wanted to create a piece to, that, to, to show people what inspires me about New York and what I love about it. So hopefully that they feel the same way. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be good. We're actually, so I haven't said anything yet. So because you're a listener, I'm going to give you the first little tidbit of information. Our first performance is going to be on Friday, the 7th of August. That's two weeks from now. I'm telling you now because I, I will be releasing the next episode that day and I don't want you to miss it. But if you want details about, we're doing four performances throughout the month of August. If you want details about these pop-up performances uh, that will be taking place at parks throughout Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. You're going to have to follow me on Instagram. Again, that's B Corollis or go to movement headquarters. It's movement underscore headquarters on Instagram or go to my website, www.movementhqballet.org. Scroll to the bottom of the home, the homepage and uh, click on the sign up for emails. Um, we will be announcing in the coming week, we'll be announcing what parks we'll be holding them at and what time. Um, but we will not be telling our location to meet until 24 hours before the pop-up performances. So it's going to be fun. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so happy to be doing something again. I'm actually going to be talking about that in today's episode. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing choreographically. Uh, other than that, teaching-wise, uh, I've been teaching for Broadway Dance Center's virtual online classes uh, on Saturdays at 1 p.m. That will continue through August 1st. Then for the month of August, I'll be switching to Tuesdays at 5.30 p.m. They're 75-minute classes. They'll, they're basic level, uh, so for very novice students um, catered to anybody from young teens to full-fledged adults to seniors. Um, and I believe it's $15 a class, but you have to sign up through uh, Broadway Dance Center. Um, other than that, I just want to remind everybody the $600 in pandemic unemployment is going to be going away at the end of this week, we think. Um, and I am going to have to really push hard to uh, find new work because my, my work situations have changed. So if you are near the New York City area and looking for a faculty member for serious students, um, do reach out to me or choreography. Uh, 
I may have to travel around the country, which will be very challenging considering I'll have to return and self-isolate for 14 days or face a, a $2,000 fine. But if you're curious to work with me, whether it's in person, virtually, choreographically, um, or workshops for careers, please do reach out to me um, through either my social media or my website. All right, so today I am going to be talking about how I got my creativity back. And the reason that I'm going to do that is in the hopes that if you have been struggling through this time, or honestly at any point, um, that this may give you some ideas and tools to get you back on track. There's a siren. I haven't heard a siren. We, we haven't had too many sirens lately, so it's been nice. So I, I'm not as <laughs> freaked out about that. But if you listen back a few episodes, you'll you'll definitely hear lots of sirens and you'll hear me being very emotional about it. So, but you know, life. Okay, so let's talk about how I got my creativity back during this time. Um, so what happened? I was working really, 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 did I say really enough hard um, leading up to the the shutdown, the quarantine period that we went through here in New York City. Um, I launched Movement Headquarters. I staged 80 minutes of choreography and choreographed. It was like a mix of choreographing and staging old work um, or two. And I was teaching my regular schedule, and I was I I judged a competition in Mississippi, and I judged for Youth America Grand Prix in Denver, and things were crazy, and I was busy and just going, 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 and I was just like on that train of creativity and work, and it was going real, real well. And then they pulled the emergency brake. <laughs> There's somebody on the tracks. Pull the brake. No, um, it was like the most abrupt break that I think most of us have ever experienced in our lives. So um, when everything started going crazy, and I've talked about this, I chose to just pause. Um, I tr- like our governor, Governor Cuomo did a great job. And he kept on saying like, New York is on pause. And I was like, oh, New York's on pause. I'm on pause. Everything's on pause. What's the point in, in doing anything else? So I like truly took a break. Um, but then like, as the situation became normal. And that's something I've been saying a lot lately. Like I I've stopped referencing this as abnormal. Like what we're doing right now is abnormal because, um, yeah, back in March and April, it was abnormal because we had never been in this type of pattern before, but it's now been like four and a half months. And like seeing people on the, on the streets with masks is normal now. Um, I actually think it's abnormal to see people without masks at this point. Um, so or like the fact that I spend more time at home working now than I do going out working. That is normal. Now, long term, I hope it's not normal. Um, and I hope that in like two years, two years from now, I'll look back and be like, wow, how strange. But like, we're beyond the point of it being like a short period of time. Uh, it's, it's a pattern. We have been experiencing patterns at this point. And if, if you, there's a pattern, then it is normalized. Um, in a sense. So, yeah. So once, uh, once I paused and it was like abnormal, um, then when it started to feel more normal, I had no inspiration to choreograph. I mean, I love choreographing. I tell everybody like, what am I first? I'm a choreographer. Okay. Why? So, but I'm an artistic director. Well, I'm an artistic director because I want to create a platform for my choreography. Okay. Well, you're a teacher. Well, I'm a teacher because I want to be able to teach people to either a move in a way that 
I could work with you. Uh, and if and if you go on to work with other people, great. But uh, the the intention is like maybe one day you could become one of my dancers, or to educate the audience so that we have an audience. Um, everything for me feeds into choreography. So for me, um, it was strange when things started to kind of normalize. Even though I wouldn't have said it at the time, when they started to normalize and my creativity was dead, I had no creativity whatsoever, and. I was watching all of these people on social media, like pumping out these like virtual projects um, and just like going full force. And a lot of them were doing this like for free. It wasn't like they were desperate, like, oh my God, I need to pay my bills. Um, it was a lot of like donated time, which kudos to them. I'm not, that's not like a, trying to not, not trying to knock anybody on that. I'm just saying. Um, so I wasn't feeling create, creative at all. Now that I look back, I, it was like a trauma type situation. Like how, how could I, how could, how did, how could I feel like I, I could create when like my neighbors were dying? Um, how could I create when I couldn't think straight because there were uh, nonstop ambulance sirens for months? Um, so yeah, instead of like feeling guilty about it, I just didn't force it. I was like, now is not the time. Now is not the place. I cannot, I had to completely change my expectations of myself. I was like, I, I, I can't expect myself to be functioning at the same level that I was before this. And it's crazy because immediately before I was functioning, functioning on a level that I had never functioned on before. Maybe a lie. I did super, super commute for a couple of years, but it was like one of the most extreme levels of functioning that I had ever experienced. So yeah, I, I didn't force my creativity. I didn't feel I didn't allow myself to feel guilty for not feeling creative. Um, I just let myself experience what I needed to um, because I couldn't see into the future. And for me, like creation is about like looking forward. I, I create um, and I, I, I'm inspired by something and then I create because I look forward to it going somewhere and it doesn't necessarily have to be like on a stage for a paying audience but it's the idea like i'm creating this for my portfolio or i'm creating this as a gift to somebody or i'm creating this uh to express uh, a feeling that i that i have and then in the end i'll feel better so there's always like an end point when i'm creating and because everything was so uncertain and we as a population had never experienced something like this before, unless you were born in like 1915. We're probably beyond most of that <laughs> at this point. But yeah, so I, I just couldn't see into the future. And for that reason, I, I, I didn't feel creative. So yeah, then, so like I said, there, it was abnormal. And then we started to go into a pattern. It started to become normal. And then I was thinking to myself, am I just going to like, continue to not be creative or am I going to eventually get it back? Um, so there was a certain point where I was like, okay, I just need to force it. So like I said, the first time at, at first I didn't force it, but then I had to force it. I wasn't feeling inspired. I honestly think I have PTSD. Um, there was a period of time where I was like, I would be walking down the street, like doing our like neighborhood walks, uh, because we couldn't go on the subway. Um, and I would be like, fine and, and not listening to music. And then I'd be like about to sob. Um, so yeah, it was just like all over the place. Um, I truly think I had PTSD. I, I do think that at some point I'm going to need to have some therapy about it 
but that's going to get off topic. <laughs> I was talking to a friend yesterday and I was saying that I should have called the mental health hotline, but I know that if I had opened that door, that I wouldn't have been able to just, I wouldn't have been able to handle the situation in real time. So I had to keep the door shut. And now that like we're kind of past our first wave and hopefully our only wave here in New York, um, I'll get to that. But yeah, so um, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to force my creativity because if I don't at least like get started, I won't know if it's gone forever <laughs> or if it's uh, if it's just kind of injured <laughs> and needs recovery or if it's there and I just need to tap into it. Um, so what I did was I forced the creativity, but I didn't give myself any like necessary endpoint or goal. Um, I just started creating for the sake of creating almost like a, a, an exercise. Um, I, I, I didn't expect like a spectacular product in the end. Um, I, I, I really had no expectations of myself. So I reached out to, uh, one of my company apprentices, Serena Liu. Um, and I was like, Hey, I mean, obviously, how are you? Are you okay? Um, but I reached out to her and I was like, hey, I, I'm interested in just trying to create something. And I was like, I don't know what I want to create. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. Um, I don't know if after two weeks I'm going to be like, okay, we're good. Um, or if it's going to become a bigger project. So uh, I reached, she, she said that she'd be glad to do that. And we started working together on FaceTime uh, once or twice a week. And I didn't even really know like what I was going to do when we started. I just had a piece of music that I really liked. Um, it's called Waiting by the, the, the artist M83. And uh, yeah, so I was sitting there in my apartment looking at my computer at Serena in her apartment in the space that she had to, to dance. And I was like, you know, what? we, we don't have access to dance in, in a dance studio. So what's the point in like creating a piece for the stage or like pretend like we're actually in a rehearsal studio. And she was standing in front of a couch that was kind of in her way. And I was like, you know what? I was like, let's just like get you on the couch. I had never done anything like that. felt more like a commercial move, like commercial dance, uh, like music video. Um, but yeah, so we started creating and like it was a slow process at first and then it started to move faster and then it slowed down like typical creation process. Um, but yeah, so we we didn't give ourselves the pressure of having to come up with an end product and we didn't give ourselves the pressure of having to rehearse like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or even like every week. So like at one point we rehearsed twice in the week and then we didn't rehearse the next week and then we rehearsed once the next week. Um, but really just giving the freedom to create without any uh, expectations or any specific goals in place really helped me because I think that I was a part of me, like I said, I felt guilty creating. Um, and then at a certain point, I, I posted on my, my social media an improvisation that I did. And I only posted a little bit of it. I, I improvised and filmed like a half hour of, of, of what I was doing, but it was just so dark and it didn't make me feel better. It made me feel worse. Um, so I was afraid that that was going to happen, but it didn't. Um, so yeah, we got to this and it, it just like 
not having any expectations and being able to cut it off if I needed to was really helpful. And it allowed me to create. And then once I felt like I was on a good path, I just wanted to keep on creating. So um, finally, this past week, Serena and I uh, filmed the the solo. It's like a five and a half minute solo. It's a uh, kind of an emotional piece. It has more of a feeling of what it was like mid-pandemic, um, like that type of emotion to it. Uh, but we filmed it. Actually, her dad filmed it for us on her phone. So quality of the film is not great, but um, I'm going to start editing it together and see like how we can uh, put this out there. So stay tuned for details with that. Um, I might even actually use it as a, a bit of a fundraiser for, for Movement Headquarters. Don't know yet. Not there yet, but but working on it. But yeah, so not giving myself any expectations or goals actually ended up creating this piece uh, that I'm, I'm actually quite proud of. And um, like I said, if I needed to take a step back and go back to phase one, so like this is like my phase two, like phase one, take a break, don't force it, let yourself experience what you need. Take phase two, force it, but don't have any expectations and don't have any endpoints or goals just to get yourself get the get the gears flowing again um so yeah then my third step was to add more dancers to the mix and to begin creating with the intention of having a finished piece but with no like actual end date to finish by so i wasn't like okay by september i'm going to put this on stage um i didn't do that so it, it was just like a baby step forward so um yeah, so I started working with a handful of dancers, and I mentioned this uh, a bit in my intro. <clears throat> I, I started working with five dancers from Movement Headquarters. Um, socially distanced, we wear masks, we keep six feet of space between us, but we go to Gantry Plaza State Park, um, and we rehearse there, and we create there. And it's interesting because, actually, it's been a part of uh, our mission to create performances that can be accessible to anybody even if you can't afford a ticket um and something that can be mobile and it's not necessarily site specific it can really travel anywhere so hopefully when companies can get back to touring and uh, movement headquarters gets its first engagements to go on tour we can actually bring this piece as well to cities and perform it in uh public spaces so that we're really bringing art to the streets and to every every person and not just people that a can afford a ticket or b uh know that they enjoy dance because there's so many people in this world that don't even realize that they enjoy uh dance on stage um so yeah we we started choreographing a piece or i started choreographing a piece um always inspired by my dancers and it's called love letter and i i think i said it before it's inspired by our surroundings and um i don't want to give you way too much information because i want you to come and see it but uh like the first movement i can tell you it's inspired by the people around us um the second movement is inspired by the architecture and skyline of the city the third movement is inspired by the energy of the city the fourth movement is inspired by transportation in the city and the fifth movement is inspired by the diversity and uh different communities uh, of the city so um there's improvisation there's choreography uh and it the great thing about this performance is it will change every single time it is performed um it's it's just it's really cool there's no music but it's 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 
captivating in my opinion. So again, I'll be posting things you should follow us on Instagram, like I said before, or get a newsletter because um, we'll be doing one one set of performances each week. And I think we're actually going to be including a, uh, a socially distant movement, uh, short movement class for anybody that's in the area. So yeah, um, uh, the way that I went about this, so I added more dancers, I gave myself uh, creation intention, but I didn't give myself an end date to, to have that. Um, and at first, instead of focusing on choreography, because I, I think I was just afraid to like set anything because nothing felt permanent it still doesn't feel permanent right now um like for all i know somehow this will make its way to like, governor cuomo and he'll find a way to get in touch with me and shut shut us down um <laughs> it's hard to do with pop-up performances though but yeah so we'll be uh focused sorry i started by focusing more on improvisation versus setting choreography and then once like everybody started getting into the flow of things then i started setting more choreography so it's been interesting to see how uh slowly um working to get my creativity back i have actually changed my choreographic process um so yeah, that was that. Then the fourth step that I did, in the middle of this creation process, I performed a retreat. I have talked about retreats in the past. Um, so you can go back to one of my earlier episodes and you can uh, listen to like a very long, specific, detailed um, explanation of how to perform a retreat. If you're on iTunes, I'm still trying to figure out what's happened to my earlier episodes to get them posted again, but you can always go to the Premier Dance Network website and all of my episodes are posted there. Um, but yeah, so I performed a retreat. So uh, a retreat is um, a short period. I mean, it's not short. It's like in, in a day, but it's a, it's a, a period of time where I go somewhere that is new and uh, I get a cup of coffee or a latte and a cookie or something like that. And I turn off all of my devices that could get text messages or social media alerts. And I pull out a notebook and I start by assessing my the goals from my previous retreat. And then I then do like lists and like things including what I did well in the past three, I try to do it every three months, what I did well in the past three months, what I could have done better. And maybe like, like in this specific one that I did, I addressed like how I have changed since the pandemic. Um, what would I like to see for my work in the future? Um, I, it can be anything career oriented. It can be anything, uh, personal. Uh, I'm currently working on, developing a nutcracker that can be performed social distance, like things like that. So I started coming up with ideas like that. So, um, and, and then at the end of the goal, sorry, at the end of the retreat, I gave it away. I set 10 goals so that the next retreat, I can go back and look at it. And I do these religiously. It has been, uh, about four months since I did mine because I, I didn't want to do one at home. It's funny. Actually, my last retreat was on the 9th of March, which was the day that the stock market crashed. Um, and as the city started to progressively shut down, damn, that was a crazy week. Um, and it was really interesting because in this specific retreat that I did, it, my priorities have changed so much since my, my last, like since my last retreat and the retreats before that, um, it was just fascinating to see how my goals are completely different than they were four months ago. And like, 
maybe like two or three of them are relevant to things I've been doing in the past, but to see like how they've evolved, the other seven evolved, it's crazy to me. But these retreats have been so valuable to me. I've been doing them since 2012, I think. So like eight years. Um, and I honestly think it is one of the keys to my success. So yeah, first thing I did, I took a break, didn't force anything and let myself experience what I needed to. Second thing I did, I forced it, but it, I didn't give myself any necessary endpoints or goals. Just to, I just started creating again. Third one, I started working with more dancers. I gave myself a creative goal, but not an end date to uh, have that creative goal complete by. And I performed a retreat so that I could assess my goals, assess what I had just been through and move forth. All right. So the next thing I did was I set dates and goals for chore- for this choreographic endeavor. I actually began to dream about the future again, which I think honestly was the most important thing because when you're in the middle of something very hard, it's hard to think about the future because you're so focused on the present. Um, I can't remember where I said this. I think it was in an article for Dance Teacher that came out recently. Um, I was saying how I've always been like a six months to a year person, like thinking about the future. And when I was a kid, my teacher and mentor, Miss Kim, used to always be like, Barry, can we just focus on this week? (laughs) Um, And all of a sudden during this pandemic, I've been focusing on just being present in the moment because it was too scary to think about the future. But so by going through all these steps, like giving myself the time to not be in it and then to like slowly build my way to being creative again, I allowed myself to finally be able to think about the future and dream about the future and have goals and, and, and all of that. And honestly, that's the most positive thing that, that came out of all this because I'd been feeling really negative about everything. The world has been rough. I mean, we all know that it's been a rough year. Not only has the pandemic been rough, like politics has been just tragic um, the state of uh, like our society has been tragic. Like there's just been so many different things that have been going on. So t- to finally have like a positive feeling about the future, like there, there will be a future was really, really valuable to me. Um, and then the last part of that step is to start sharing with the public. So I can do all of these things within myself, but if I don't p- share this publicly, then there's no accountability. So by creating this episode, this is the final step of my uh, getting my creativity back was to hold myself accountable and to let you all know what I am doing. So um, because once you once you put it out into the world, then people start to look at you and be like, okay, are they going to do it? Are they going to be successful? Are they going to be a failure? Are, are they going to take a short period of time to do it? Are they going to say they're going to do it? And then they're going to say they're going to do it. And like five years later, they still haven't done it. Um, so yeah, making sure that I am holding myself accountable by putting it out there and letting other people hold me accountable. So yeah, it's been, it's been a, an interesting process. And I, I know that I feel better because the, the state of New York has gotten better through this whole pandemic. Um, I know it's getting worse elsewhere and I send my wishes to anybody living in a state that's really having some surges right now. Um, but uh I feel better because of that, but I also feel more like myself again because I'm I'm getting back to doing what I feel that I am meant to do, um, and I'm I'm very very grateful for that. So I hope that these, all of these uh, ideas, help inspire you 
if you're feeling like you're at a loss for your own creativity. And obviously like I'm a choreographer, um, that's where my creativity goes. But like creativity could be like, if you have like a numbers job and maybe you like to do like crafting on the side, uh, it could be as simple as that. It could be all the way up to for your work, you're an engineer and a designer and you are required to do that for your work. Um, maybe, uh, it's not as simple as just doing it for fun, but it's your livelihood and your job on the line. So I hope that this gives you some inspiration for that. Um, if you have anything that you've been doing, please do feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you guys. I actually haven't really heard from too many uh, podcast listeners lately um, about topics. I have heard from a lot of people about uh the value that these podcasts are bringing to to others during this this time um and i i really appreciate that but i'd love to hear what you guys need so if you need anything um that i could potentially offer uh please do reach out all right so that's my episode today it's a little bit shorter but i i I, this is valuable i don't want to just keep on talking to uh fill up space i'd rather not detract from my points um so i'm gonna end my episode here please stay safe please stay healthy please call your senators to extend the 600 dollars in pandemic unemployment please educate yourself about black lives matter please vote trump out of office Please support your conservative friends and listen to them. Um, Please support your liberal friends and listen to them. Even though I just said vote Trump out of office, but I'm not going to go into more details about that. Maybe I'll do that in another episode. Um, But yeah, I just stay healthy, take care of yourselves and wear a mask. And, you know, we don't need to be fighting during this time. Um, But just do your best to to make it through. I I feel like we're, we're on our way. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also check out my website for my company, Movement Headquarters Ballet Company, and you can visit that at www.movementhqballet.org. You can reach out to me on those websites. Also, if you would like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or workshops and speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook. You can go to Instagram where my name is B. Corollis. My company on Instagram is movement underscore headquarters. Or you can head, o- head on over to Twitter and I am Bariscos on there. Also, be sure to check out my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer where I wrote for five years about working as a freelance artist and independent contractor touring the nation. I also have Dancing Offstage and you can find that at Dancing Offstage wordpress.com and i wrote on there about the post-performance careers of professional dancers i also have two youtube channels if you'd like to see my own personal one it's b corollis and that features my choreography and if you'd like to follow movement headquarters you can do you can follow that on there as well thanks for listening in to pot of chats i hope you return two weeks from this friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene and wear a mask <laughs>